people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today, and you will tell of it later. Now you will receive us. We do not ask for your poor or your hungry. We do not want your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that will be sought by us. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And those of you that ignore them will pay the dearest cost. But if you do, one day you will look behind you and you will see we three. And shepherds we shall be. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Yeah, hey! Howdy, hi! Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee. Justin Waller is going to try to make it. He had an emergency at work. I know he will be here tomorrow for sure. Today is up in the air. And it's one of those... Uh, Murphy's Law kind of days uh, for us. What could go wrong has gone wrong. Man, I had issues with the internet. I had issues with uh, all of our uh, equipment, but I got it up and running, thankfully. Uh, thankfully, I get up extra early on Monday, so I had all the time to do it. But man, you, you get up extra early so you can prepare for stuff. You don't prepare for all your equipment crashing, but we got that figured out. Okay, let's go ahead and hit first things first. Last night's game, that Raiders-Chiefs game. What the hell was going on with the Raiders' pass defense at the end of the game? Doug will be on the way. Big Raiders fan will be able to talk to him about that and figure out going forward what are the Raiders doing now. Because, look, there are now three games behind the Chiefs. There's only six games to play. Let's call a spade a spade. The Raiders are fighting for a wild card. The division is over. You can't make up three games in six in six games unless something catastrophic were to happen to the Chiefs. A bunch of injuries, whatnot. The Chiefs are now uh, nine and one on the season, and with them being nine and one, you don't let's put it this way. If you're the Raiders and you're trying to catch them, you expect them to lose what three to four games in the next in the next six games. Well, that's not very likely since they've only lost one in the first ten. So you can pretty much put that by the wayside. Their only chance of winning the division last night was winning that game. If y'all missed it, the the end of the game was just unbelievable. The Raiders fought the good fight. I could not believe, by the way, I hit the Raiders plus seven and a half. They were begging you to take the Raiders last night. I don't know why they were such big underdogs. If you took them at plus seven and a half, it was paying out 125. That's not normal, y'all. Normally on a on a uh, on a point spread basis, you are talking about plus seven and a half. You'd be minus 110, paying back on 125. So I could not understand it. I kept looking for some kind of injury that was catastrophic to the Raiders. Couldn't find it. 
So I jumped all over the Raiders and uh, got the W there last night. Um, almost took that for for my sure bet uh, yesterday morning. I should have, as I I'm, I missed out on uh, on on that bet yesterday. But but the good news is, with a little uh, lady luck at the end with the uh, Colts Green Bay game, we are now twenty and eleven on the season. So unbelievable job that uh, we've been able to pull off. Uh, Sean, Steven, and I'll take a small bit of the credit. Uh, we're 20 and 11 through 11 games or 11 weeks in the in the uh, NFL season. So we've had 31 picks for 11 Sundays. Two, two, two of the Sundays the guys haven't shown. Uh, one hasn't shown up, or the other hasn't shown up. So that's why we have we we don't have 33 picks like you would think, but but still. 20 and 11 man i'll take that all day long we will be doing our picks uh steven will be with us tuesday sean will be with us wednesday so we will do our picks at that point so there you have that uh, i'm gonna go ahead and cut this music uh because want to get into other things going on today uh so the so the raiders and chiefs are done that game finishes off mahomes finds Travis Kelsey in the back of the end zone. I don't know what the hell the Raiders were doing. The one guy, the one guy that you want to be able to 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 shut down in that situation is Travis Kelsey. I'm putting all my guys on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to make anyone but beat me. But they leave him wide open in the back of the end zone. The free safety came up to to pull up because he saw Patrick Mahomes with the chance to run the ball and he wanted to shut that down. But you've got to make sure he's past the line of scrimmage because you're the last line of the defense. You're the only guy covering Kelsey, and you're going to leave him wide open. And we know this is this is not Tyrod Taylor. Patrick Mahomes scrambles to bring you up so he can find someone to throw to. So this isn't a quarterback who just takes off running just to run. You've got to know this. And uh, anyways, the the Raiders, they got duped. Adams was the safety. He, he was the kid that was drafted a couple of years out of uh, Mississippi State a, a couple of years ago. And, of course, missed his rookie season with a torn ACL at the very beginning of the season. He's playing phenomenal, but it was just a bonehead play. It happens, and we move on from that. The Colts. Green Bay. What else can you say other than the fact that the that the Green Bay Packers absolutely choked that game away? They they were the better team. They dominated the first half. They played a terrible third quarter. And then they came back in the fourth and they were able to tie it up. They had they actually had an opportunity to win the game at the end of overtime. I mean excuse me, at the end of regulation. They ended up with tying it, and then I just cannot believe MVS, his fumble that led to the field goal to, to beat the Packers. To the left and a pass out to M. To the left and a pass out to MVS. Has a blocker on the receiver screen. Lost the ball. It's out at the 30, and the Colts have it. Marquez Valdez-Scantling on the quick pass to the left, made the reception, 
lost it, and Indianapolis has it at placement down. Kick is up, and it is good. The Indianapolis Colts, a huge win over the Green Bay Packers. So there you have that. MVS ends up being the uh, the GOAT for all you kids. GOAT is not a good thing normally. Uh, that was just a, that's just a recent thing that, that has become hip on Twitter to, to call someone the GOAT as a good thing. For years and years and years and years and years, the GOAT meant that you were the reason why that team lost. I think the most famous one... First, first and foremost was uh, Merkel's uh, boner in the early 1900s. And no, that's not something uh, of dirty talk. Uh, Merkel's boner, look it up. He uh, famously lost an important game in Giants-Cubs lore, and the Cubs were, came back to win the pennant. And so... The GOAT yesterday ends up being MVS, but remember, they also had the fumbled kickoff. So those were 10 points right out the chute there that were were cost by dumb turnovers. Professional football players do not make these dumb turnovers. Not nowadays. MVS was carrying that thing like a loaf of bread, and I guarantee you that's going to affect... His snap share going forward, he is remember the one he he made the great catch towards the end of regulation that set up the game tying score. They were buried deep in their own shadow of their own end zone, and Aaron Rodgers threw an absolute bomb, a rainbow that set up that that drive. Unbelievable catch at the time. You don't expect him to be the one that ends up being the laughing stock, but I'm sorry, you got to wear it. When you lose the game on a fumble, and I don't want, oh, one game, one play doesn't lose you the game. Horse hockey. That play lost them the game. They were, they were on the move. I think the Packers at least get a field goal out of that drive, just the way they were playing. They, they at least get a, a field goal out of that drive. And from that, the Colts end up getting the field goal. They get the W. And they are now still tied atop the AFC South as the Tennessee Titans, they get the W. Yesterday, in a shocker, I expected Tennessee to lose that game. I also expected the Packers to beat the Colts, so I thought they would be tied at 6-4 and four going into next week's showdown, which next week's showdown is big time. It's Colts, it's Titans, Sunday. That's going to be for the division. But Baltimore, I think, got caught looking ahead to the Pittsburgh game this Thursday night. And that game doesn't have the importance that it did other than the fact they want the revenge and get the W, but it doesn't have the revenge because the Steelers have put their, have, have put that division away for all intents and purposes as well. They are now 10 and 0. They get the W in Jacksonville. I expected Jacksonville to put up a a bigger fight, a better fight. I think that interception at the end of regulation, excuse me, at the end of 
the uh, first half was really the gut punch that they could not get up off the mat for. It was at the time. Remember, it was ten to three. Jacksonville was driving, and then the goofy deflection at the line, the interception that leads to ends up being seventeen unanswered points in the second quarter. Had had they gone into halftime ten to ten, maybe thirteen, because the Steelers probably would have gotten the ball back in time to maybe get in field goal range, but you never know how that plays out. But if if they get in there, Jacksonville's got a fighting chance at that game. But this team is not built to come from behind, especially on the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. And that pretty much put the entire game away when Jacksonville ends up, you know, at the time, remember Jacksonville was up 3 nothing. And then Claypool catches a 31-yard touchdown pass to make it 10-3. Snell gets the one-yard touchdown run towards the end of the half, but that was after the long interception run. If it's 10-10, I think Jacksonville could have backed their way into it, but they played. I was talking about this yesterday with a friend of mine. I was like, you know, people wonder why people in North Florida are more into college football and can't get into the NFL. It's because we are stuck watching this product of the Jacksonville Jaguars every single Sunday. And it's one thing if it's a if it's one season here and there. But when you grow up a Jaguar fan or you grow up a, a, a fan of whoever you grow up watching the NFL in Jacksonville in North Florida in the Jacksonville market, you get stuck with this junk every single Sunday. Every once in a while, there's another game on the other network. But unless you get the red zone or the NFL ticket, which is astronomical because you have to go through one provider now. They don't have it. When it gets to multiple providers, I think you'll, you'll see more people getting it. But one provider, their entire business is built off of the NFL ticket. That's why they can overcharge for, for, for their satellite. But my point is, who the hell wants to watch this every Sunday? I told my wife, I said, you know, if I didn't have the red zone, I wouldn't even be watching football right now. She laughed, whatever. I said, I'm serious. I would not sit through this crap every single Sunday and watch the Jacksonville Jaguars just get drug across the field. And this is not one down year. They've had one good year in a decade plus. The 2017 season when they went to the AFC Championship game and the magical run, and that was incredible, and it was fun. You saw this city come alive with, with, with the, I don't want to say Jaguar pride, but Jaguar interest. But it, it's short-lived, and you see it one time, and then you're like, okay, we're back to normal. This Luton character who keeps throwing, I saw him do it three times yesterday, including the the interception I was referencing to, where he threw the ball so low it's getting deflected in the air. Look, he, he was some six-round pick out of Oregon State that you don't expect to, to turn into much. But that's the problem. Why is that the, why is that the guy we're going to? Gardner Minshew was a six-round pick as well. The only quarterback they've drafted in recent memory high was a disaster in Blake Bortles. 
They've got to change the entire Jacksonville Jaguars from top to bottom. They cannot continue to go on this path. No one is going to. I don't care what happens with this vaccine. Nobody's going to come back to that stadium and watch that junk. You're like, you know what? I'd rather save up and, and, and go watch the Gators on Saturday. It's what, hour and a half drive? Why wouldn't you rather go over there and go see? I know they weren't. They were uh, on the road, but you, but you know what I mean when I say why wouldn't you have rather gone Saturday and watch seeing the Gators play? Hell, I'd rather drive to Nashville to watch the Gators beat the hell out of Vanderbilt than to than to drive across the street to watch what you had to watch with the Jaguars. We'll get into college football here in the very next segment, but I just wanted to get, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm sick and tired of getting stuck with this junk. And what gets me is it's 27 to three late in the fourth quarter. We have, there were three really close AFC games that they could have switched over from the CBS feed here in Jackson. And they kept it on that damn game the entire time. It's like, who the hell wants to watch this crap? And not to mention, after the game was over, they must have took another two or three minutes winding down, doing the pan-out shot. Oh, it was a great game, and we'll, we'll see what the Jaguars can do next week. And Steelers are undefeated going on and on and on and on. Meanwhile, if you have the red zone, you're like, dude, there's three games coming down to the wire. Why haven't they flipped over to one of these? Your average Joe has probably already turned the damn television off somewhere around early in the third quarter. Anyways, uh, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, college football. Man, a lot happened this weekend. And we're going to unpack that. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze. And Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores and in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio. We got your shelter in place right over here. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Down. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! touchdown Alabama! Devontae Smith! Touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Again, it's going to be Propel, Wing, and the kicker, Drew Alamo. LSU remains undefeated. Passes away, penalty flag down. Lamar Thomas has got it. Lamar Thomas is on his way down the sideline. George Teague is after him and runs him down. Takes the ball. Takes the ball away from him. Teague's got the ball. Well, congratulations to the LSU Tigers, the 2008 BCS National Champion. Armchair. SEC! SEC! 
weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings, it's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays, the armchair quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. Politicians treat me like a mushroom Cause they feed me bull and keep me in the blind Now won't you tell me Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks Riding Shotgun here with you this morning Appreciate you dialing us up and uh, watching, listening Wherever you are, Facebook Live on Armchair Quarterbacks Wake Up Show or uh, on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. And then, of course, CBS Sports Radio. I uh, got a comment here from Brian. It uh, says, so I, so I created a scenario where Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship. Then Florida beats Bama in the SEC championship. And you have a one-loss Texas A&M, an undefeated Ohio State, who gets left out. Well, you, you can do that one by one. Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC title game. I think they both get in. Uh, Florida beats Alabama. It's assuming both teams went out the rest of the way. I think you probably, well, Florida definitely gets in because they, they win the SEC title with only one loss. I think they definitely get in. Texas A&M gets left out immediately because they didn't win the championship. I know that they beat Florida, but people are going to look at it as, well, that was way back then, and they didn't win their own conference, and they got blown up by Alabama, so they're going to get eliminated. Ohio State's going to get in if they're undefeated. That's a given. Florida's in. That's a given. Clemson comes back and beats Notre Dame for the ACC championship. That's a given. It would come down to who gets left out. Do you leave out Notre Dame, who beat Clemson? Or do you leave out Alabama, who has essentially beat nobody? I would leave Alabama out. No matter how impressive they've been all year, their schedule has been fairly weak for an SEC schedule. They have to beat Florida to kind of prove that they belong, so to speak. Georgia is not as impressive of a win as it looked like at one point. They will have opportunities to beat Alabama, I mean Auburn and LSU, and but how impressive are the, are, are those wins this year? Auburn's a little better than LSU, but it would be interesting. You would tend to think that the committee is going to side on the the Alabama Crimson Tide. But the reason why I would put Notre Dame in is because they have the big win against Clemson. Now, people are going to say, well, they beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. What does Notre Dame look like against Clemson in game two? Is it a close game or does Trevor Lawrence come in and they blow the doors off of them? Then it's a different scenario. Then you put Alabama in if it's a close loss. If Alabama gets blown out, it'll, it'll, it'll come down to style points, I think. Um, it's really, really difficult to leave one of those out. Alabama is the is the uh, committee's darling. We all know that. 
but Notre Dame for years has been the media's darling. So that would be an interesting scenario. I'll tell you another interesting scenario. I hear, okay, so Florida State gets the game postponed on Saturday because Clemson had been clowning around with a guy who had symptoms all week long but was testing negative. He was practicing with them. He even rode in with the team to Tallahassee together. They on Friday night they get a a a uh, a sure positive back, and so Clemson's looking at the, this is as an excuse for Florida State not to play them. Now, now if you flip the coin on that and say what happens if Florida State does play, and then there's an outbreak. They're going to get killed by the media. They're going to say, y'all, you just only, y'all you cared about was football. You didn't care about the players. So Dabo Sweeney has sour grapes and he's whining and crying in to, to the press. He, he, uh, uh, whined Sunday morning. I get why he's upset. And then he did, of course, preface it with saying, look, I think the Florida state players and the Florida state coaching staff wanted to play the game. It was their administration that pulled this trick. Okay. But all we've heard all year long is about COVID this and COVID that, and you've got to keep the kids safe. And then all of a sudden we're being told, wow, the hell with that, man. This game's important, da-da-da-da-da. Here's the funny thing. He dug his heels in, and he said, maybe we don't play. And if they do, we do play, they're going to have to come to Clemson, and they're going to have to pay our expenses, da-da-da-da-da. What if Florida State says, screw you, we're not going to play? This is the one thing no one has thought about because I wanted to pull this up. Because this is of the highest of importance. If they don't play that game, what has the ACC said all along? Well, we'll go by winning percentage. Okay. Who's going to have the highest winning percentage if Clemson plays one less game? <laughs> are, you, are you seeing what I'm getting at? If Clemson plays one less game, that hurts their winning percentage, right? Miami would leapfrog them into the ACC championship game. So Clemson can sit up there, they can stick their chest out, and they can say, oh, well, this and all, oh, and we're not going to do that. We're going to you know, show you what's what. Florida State doesn't give a damn about the game. They're at the bottom of the ACC standings. They're like, I don't care. We just won't play the game. In a roundabout way, that would sneak Clemson out of the ACC title game, and Notre Dame would play Miami. So what about a goofy scenario like that where Clemson digs in and says, we're not going to play unless they they come to Clemson, which Florida State will never agree to? Oh, and, and, and they have to pay our, our travel expenses. That was the other thing he said. I saw some other clown on, on Twitter that had said that earlier in the morning, so I don't know if he read that. And went with that, or what happened there? Give me one second. I'm sorry. But, anyways, um, the <laughs> sorry, I had to go off camera there. I, my damn chair kept freaking going down, and it was going down. I was, I was, my chin was about to be on the desk <laughs> if I didn't uh, adjust it. Um. But anyways, think about that scenario. I've been thinking about this since Saturday morning. I was like, you know, what happens 
if they say to hell with it because they think they're just going to go to the ACC title game. No, you're not. Not if it's off a winning percentage. Not if the ACC holds true. And Hurricane fans, if you are undefeated the rest of the way and they don't play that game, I would pitch a stink over it and say we deserve to be in the ACC title game, not Clemson. And the only way they could talk their way out of that is saying, well, even if Clemson well, actually, they couldn't talk their way out of it because they, they would be even in losses. So you can't just assume Clemson's going to win a certain game, even though they should beat Florida State down. They should beat them by seven touchdowns. But you can't just assume that. So if you can't assume that, then Miami d- deserves to be in, in, the, in the ACC title game. So there you have that. Um, that would be some great drama. And then Sweeney, after talking all the, all his you know big boy stuff, would have to put his tail between his legs. Moving on from that, the Ohio State Indiana game. Wow, what a game! That was an incredible football game. If y'all missed that, oh my word! The catch that Indiana made down the stretch to pro- to pull within a touchdown. Had they won that game, people would still be talking about it this morning, but kind of went by the wayside because Ohio State ends up getting the W. Fields 300 yards and two touchdowns. I'm still not convinced that guy is going to be NFL greatness. They they say it like it's a matter of fact that he is definitely the second best quarterback coming out of the draft. behind Lawrence. (coughs) I don't buy it. (coughs) Excuse me. I saw so many passes that were ill-advised that either fell incomplete, there was a couple interceptions, and then also there were places he was just fortunate that they were incomplete. 18 of 30 in college football is not that impressive. I'll tell you what, Indiana's defense played very well. So I I'm, I will say that, but the more and more that I watch Ohio State, I think we're going to see a rinse and repeat once they get to the playoffs. We're going to see another situation where Ohio State's going to come in. <clears throat> we're going to be told that the starting quarterback for Ohio State, Justin Fields should be up for the Heisman. We're going to be told that Ohio State's a real threat. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're going to see Ohio State get beat by two or three touchdowns. Because their defense is susceptible the pass and any team they f- they face in the playoffs is going to be able to pass see they're sitting in the big 10 right now where there's not a lot of there's not a lot of accomplished passers in the big 10 but their achilles heel is they give up big chunks of yardage to the pass so unfortunately ohio state's probably going to find their way to yet another undefeated season in the big 10 Wisconsin is no longer in their way. They were beaten by Northwestern. 
And congratulations to Northwestern. They played a really good football game. That was a that was a shocker. I did not expect for Wisconsin to lose to Northwestern is one thing, but for them to only score seven points on Northwestern was an absolute stunner. So you're going to get Northwestern, who is undersized and undermanned against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. The one thing Wisconsin always has is they can run the football, and that can be an equalizer against a team like Ohio State. I don't think they would have beaten Ohio State, but they would have had a legitimate chance. How about the Fighting Lovey Smiths? The Illini go into Nebraska. And I almost picked that as my stupid underdog pick, and I pulled off of it, and I really wish I would have stuck with it. Now, 41-23 to 23 in Cornhusker land. They have got to be getting a little concerned. They have got to be getting a little concerned in Cornhusker country. Maybe they'll get maybe they've gotten to the point where they're like, you know what, this is what it is. We had our heyday in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s. But we can no longer compete with these other programs because we don't have the resources, the facilities. And kids just don't want to come play in a flyover state when there's not a lot to do and you're not consistently on national television because you're in a flyover state. Even when Florida State is doing terribly, Florida State gets on national television time after time after time because they're still in a heavily populated state and and they know there's a fan base there. But to hell with what Nebraska isn't. What Illinois is was impressive. The way they were beat down the the first game of the season, I didn't think Illinois had a pulse. So congratulations to them. Speaking of a team not having a pulse, Penn State's winless. They're winless. They lose by 20 at home to Iowa. Unreal. And then, of course, Michigan gets the overtime win against Rutgers. I watched the last quarter and a half and into overtime with that. That was a hell of a ball game. I actually think Rutgers had the better team. They just made some big, big mistakes down the stretch, and McNamara came off the bench for Michigan, threw for four touchdowns, and he capitalized. But I'll tell you what, when I watched that those two teams, I saw one programming going up and one program heading down. And Michigan getting an overtime victory against Rutgers. Remember, you know how we always talk about moral victories? That was a moral victory for Rutgers. It was also a moral loss for Michigan. Michigan should not be struggling against Rutgers in 2020. Greg Schiano just took this program back over. He's two, three years away from having players and personnel that can compete. But I liked what I saw out of the Rutgers program. And uh, if I'm going to pick a side, a side team in the 
Big Ten to start pulling for. I think it might be Rutgers. I kind of want to see Greg Shiano rebuild that. I, th- I think it's good for college football for Rutgers to be good. It give it gives New Jersey, the New York City area, something to to root for in the world of college football. I think that could be really good for college football. So I, I would like to see Rutgers uh, come back and and do well under Shiano. I think he's gotten a bad rap because he was on the staff that was a part of the Paterno-Sandusky era. Can't kill him for that. He wasn't the damn head coach. Why does everyone want to jump on Giuliano, but they they give Joe Paterno a pass? Uh, He didn't know what was really going on. He was a great coach outside of that. That's the biggest bunch of horse crap I've ever heard in my life. Joe Paterno dropped the ball on that because he was so damn worried on a narcissistic level, excuse me, of going out there and winning game after game after game because he wanted to be the all-time winner in college football history. That's, That's what mattered to him was the race between him and Bowden. And they took Paterno's wins away, which is ironic. Later on down the road, they they gave him back. They took him away, whatever. Bobby Bowden is the all-time winning coach in NCAA history in my book. Because if you're going to take away some of his wins because of a, of, a, of a teaching scandal he knew nothing of, you've got to take all of Joe Paterno's W's away for the scandal about with Sandusky that he did know about. It was right next to his damn office. So I, I've got a big problem. I've always had a big problem with people giving Joe Paterno a pass. But putting all that aside, I'd like to see Greg Schiano do something at Rutgers. He's coming home. It's, it's a good story for college football. If you move on to the SEC, uh, Florida... Gets past Vanderbilt. They didn't look great, but man, look, teams are going to struggle from time to time on the road. They still won 38 to 17. We all know Vanderbilt's terrible, but Florida has famously not played well in Nashville. I can't, I can't explain it, but they just don't. I was at the game in 96 where, you know, and that was the year Florida won the, won the national title. They beat Vanderbilt by one touchdown. They were they were at the end kneeling on the ball, trying to run out the clock, and the whole and the whole crowd there was chanting, "Throw the ball, Steve!" I'll never forget that. That was a, that was not a great Vanderbilt team. It was a tough team. It was back in old Woody Ball was was roaming Middle Tennessee, but that wasn't a great team. Florida struggles at Vanderbilt for whatever reason, which is ironic because they kicked the crap out of Tennessee. But but Vanderbilt gives them a hard time. It's it's really kind of funny if you're if you're an outsider watching the whole thing. Trask did end up with 383 yards and three touchdowns. So a lot of people were on Twitter Saturday. It was unreal. They were on Twitter questioning whether or not that knocked him out of the Heisman race. 383 and three touchdowns does not knock someone out of the Heisman race, guys. If if I'm voting today, if I'm voting today. Kyle Trask is is my Heisman Trophy winner. I know we still have a lot of games left. We've got, what, three, four weeks left in the season, depending on who you are. 
and there Mac Jones could overtake him. I guess a lot would happen would uh, be decided by what happens in the national title game. I mean, excuse me, in the SEC title game. The the question you have is how early will these guys vote? I do not understand with electronic voting why the hell you would draft, why you would vote anything. Vote why why you would set any vote in until you ha- absolutely had to. All you got to do is open up your laptop and click and go. It's it's a it's basically an email that they send. I do not understand that, but they've done it in the past. Like well. Some of these people voted early and they didn't expect so-and-so to do this and so-and-so to do that. To me, you're, you're not taking the responsibility seriously. If you have, if you are graced with the honor of voting for the Heisman trophy in your lifetime, you better damn well take that extremely seriously, man. I'd have flow charts and everything I could look at. Before I gave someone my vote for the Heisman Trophy. And I would know why I was voting them one, two, etc. But you'll see these people, they will they will vote the guys in early. It's happened in the past where you're like, how the hell did this guy even get invited to New York when he had that terrible game at the end of the season? Oh well, I think a lot of people voted before that game was played. You're like, what? Anyways, other games in the SEC, Alabama blows the doors off of Kentucky. No surprise there. Kentucky's just absolutely terrible. Uh, They have no offense. And their defense, which was good at the beginning of the season, I think they've just gotten worn down. And when you're playing a team like Alabama and you're doing a bunch of three and outs, there's only so long you can hold the dam from breaking. So they blow out Kentucky. Uh, Auburn, 30-17 winners over Tennessee. Garantano, man, he's just he's just not gonna get get it done. He's not. I'm sorry, but he's not gonna get it done. I know we joke and laugh with Justin. I'm sure he'll bring it up again tomorrow. But Tennessee's not beating Florida. I don't care if it is in Knoxville. First of all, you have no guarantee that it's gonna be sub sub weather, sub temperature weather up there. Okay, that's number one. But second of all, who cares if it's 10 degrees out? If, if it's Garantano versus Trask, that weather's not going to be that big of a damn difference. Missouri holds on to beat South Carolina. I watched the tail end of that. That was a pretty good ball game. Uh, South Carolina just struggled to, to move the ball. Missouri came up with a big defensive stop at the end. Georgia comes back and beats Mississippi State. They at one point were trailing in this game and they scored 1,400 points. The big news is there that JT Daniels, the transfer from Southern Cal, he had 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. When was the last time we saw that between the hedges? So So that was a big one. That was a really big one. Um, wasn't much to speak of in the ACC this weekend because with 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 uh, the uh, Clemson game getting postponed, um, obviously that was a bummer. But other games in the top twenty-five, 
Uh, by the way, other games that were postponed, it wasn't just the Clemson game. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Charlotte, and Marshall. Marshall was in, or is ranked 16th. Um, Coastal Carolina gets a very close victory against Appalachian State. I know you'll see the scoreboard and say, ah, oh, 34-23, okay. They took care of their, their business, as people say. No, Coastal Carolina had a score late touchdown pass, and then a pick six at the end made the number much higher than, than what it would have been. Uh, BYU blew out something called Norale. No idea what it is. It was one of those filling games that they had to scramble for. I really hope BYU gets a chance to play someone in the Pac-12, but I think they'll all run from BYU. They don't want to play BYU. BYU will kick the crap out of anyone in the Pac-12. I don't care if it's Oregon, Southern Cal, or Arizona. They're gonna they're gonna beat the brakes off anyone. The only one who's beaten BYU this year lives east of the Mississippi. Oklahoma State blew out. Uh, we're, blo- we're blown out by Oklahoma. No shock there. At least it wasn't to me. I just felt like Oklahoma State's been a fraud all year long. People had them in their top five. And when I was like, whatever. Let, let me see them win a big game. They have yet to win a big game this year. They damn near lost the first game of the season to a nobody. They had to squeak that one out. Southern Cal did get a win. Oregon got a W. And so your college football poll looks like this. The AP top 25 is out, and you've got Alabama getting every single first-place vote. Notre Dame is still at number two. But remember, Notre Dame didn't play, so that's why they didn't get any votes. Ohio State sits at three and Clemson four. Then it gets interesting. AM is five, Florida is six, Cincinnati seven. Cincinnati got a big W at uh, Central Florida. That was a fun game to watch. 36-33, I think, was the final. Yes, 36-33. So it was really, it was a back and forth game. Because of that, I had to move uh, Cincinnati down. And I know that sounds strange because that's one of their best opponents, but they looked very susceptible. I don't think... The eye test tells me BYU beat Cincinnati. I've got to move them in front of them. BYU sits at 8. Miami 9, Oregon 10. Northwestern jumps up to 11. The highest they have been ranked since 1996. Remember, that was the year they went to the Rose Bowl. Number 12, Indiana. Georgia's 13th. They go sliding Oklahoma back up there. They're they're 14th. Iowa State is 15th. Iowa State looked good. I was surprised. I thought Kansas State would give them a battle. And Iowa State, man, they I'll tell you what. Florida State hopes Chubba Purdy is half as good as his brother because oh Iowa State's Purdy, man, he could he he can sling it. When he's on, he's on. And he he did he he didn't miss a beat. On Saturday, we talked about Wisconsin. They're sitting at 18th. Uh, Southern Cal got the win there at 19th. Texas at 20th. And then Oklahoma State, Auburn, Louisiana, Tulsa, and North Carolina round out your top 25. So there you have that. Let's. Um, 
Oh, and real quick, uh, in the NFL front, I just want to hit this up real quick. The Joe Burrow injury, man, was that a terrible, terrible injury? Hated to see that. Kid was having an incredible year, and so now he's done for the season. Um, our buddy Sean sends a, sends a text to Stephen and I immediately after this happens saying we'll see you in 2022. I mean, I, I, I've said this before, and I love giving him a hard time about this. His texts never age well. So when he comes back to the field in 2021, probably towards the start of the year, I'll definitely be reminding Sean of that. But I'm like, dude, he's, he, I love the guy to death, but he is the ultimate prisoner of the moment. I mean, he is, I don't know what the shield is for prisoner of the moment, but that has got to be his family crest. Um, he, this, remember, this is about the same time of year that Tua was injured. And an injury that that was proclaimed as possibly career-threatening for Tua. He made it back to the field by the start of the season. Of course, they didn't start in the beginning, and they did bench Tua, and that's, a, that's another story in itself. We'll get into that in the next hour, but... People caught the end of the game and saw that Fitzpatrick was playing. It was not an injury. Tua was benched. He looked terrible. He could not handle the pressure from from Denver. And I've questioned this because I've watched Tua play for the last few weeks, and the eye test shows me he just doesn't look 100% prepared each week to play. His defense has been carrying him. But he does not look like some young phenom that's about to hit the scene. He has not looked like Justin Herbert. He has not looked like, I know he just got hurt, but Joe Burrow. He looks like definitely the the worst of that bunch. He might be the worst first-round quarterback pick in a few years. I'd have to go back and look at all of them. Obviously, we remembered... Blake Bortles being terrible. I'm not saying he's going to be Blake Bortles terrible, but he's still some steps away. Anyways, we'll get into that on the other side of the break. It's time to take a break. Red Raider Doug is on the way. And when we come back, we're going to be talking the National Football League and the AFC playoff picture. Man, oh man, is that thing a mess. We'll help sort it out on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Second down, Mahomes takes a deep drop. Now he's going to run off to the right. Fire to the end zone, wide open. Wide open is Kelsey. You can't leave Travis Kelsey alone. Catches the touchdown pass with 28 seconds remaining. Yeah, that was Jonathan Abram. He was playing the deep safety. He saw Patrick Mahomes come up, and there was nobody in his face. As you watch the replay, watch Jonathan Abram come up to try to take away Patrick Mahomes from scrambling. He doesn't stay deep, and that's his responsibility. That's his zone. That Mahomes to Kelsey connection 
We give the Chiefs a 35-31 win over the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes finished with 348 yards, two touchdown passes, while Kelsey had 127 and a score. With six games left in the season, the Kansas City Chiefs have now a stranglehold on the AFC West with a three-game lead over the Raiders. The Tennessee Titans came roaring back from an 11-point deficit to take the lead over the Ravens with an incredible bull rush run by their wide receiver, A.J. Brown. Third and 10, Tannehill wants to throw a quick release. This pass is complete to A.J. Brown, slips out of attack on the 10. Brown still on his feet and carries into the end zone for a touchdown. Unbelievable. The Ravens had him cleanly at the 10-yard line. In overtime, King Henry would finish the Ravens off in fine fashion. Derrick Henry will carry on first down. Stiff arms a couple, man, gets to a hole. He's got room. Look out, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, and the ball game is over. Derrick Henry got free, and the Titans win it in overtime. The rest of your Week 11 scoreboard looks like this. Steelers over the Jaguars, 27-3. Texans, 27, Patriots, 20. Broncos over the Dolphins, 20-13. Colts, 34-31 over the Pack. The Browns are 7-3, 22-17 winners over the Philadelphia Eagles. Saints, 24-9 over the Atlanta Falcons. Washington, 20. Bengals, 9. Panthers, blank. The Lions, 20-0. Chargers, 34-28 over the Jets. And the Cowboys upset the Vikings 31-28. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. Tap that app today. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Southern College football fan? Are you a Seminole, Hurricane or Gator, Bulldog, Yellow Jacket, Gamecock or Tiger? Is it Roll Tide or War Eagle, Good Old Rocky Top, LSU or Old Miss, or the Mississippi State Cowbell? Whoever your team is throughout this Southern land, Dixie Football Nation is your show. We cover ACC, SEC, so find us on the Armchair Quarterbacks Network today because it's always football season throughout the South, and Dixie Football Nation has got you covered. Wildcats, Wolverines, Tigers, Buckeyes, Bruins, Bulldogs, Hogs, and Hurricanes. We pray before we race to your 14 and 40. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to... Jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the armchair quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. 
At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're gonna so Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions so, how did he propose? after they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry, which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. Hi, this is Britney Spears. This what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. What they said when I got my last beer Oh my god, it's two o'clock I can't find my keys and my truck's locked So I grabbed a tire tool and I broke my Welcome window. back here to the armchair quarterback As we are riding shotgun here with you And uh, joining me on the armchair quarterbacks Is uh, Mr. Red Raider Doug Doug, how the hell are you this morning, sir? Uh... I'm okay after yesterday. I'm hanging in there after yesterday. Well, let's go ahead and rip off the Band-Aid on that one. Um, I thought the Raiders played very well. I was very happy because I took the Raiders plus seven and a half, and uh, I could not believe the, what I could not believe the spread in that game. I was like, this is going to be a nip. It, it, we got exactly what I thought we would get. I thought it would come down to the wire. I kind of figured whoever had the ball last, so to speak, would 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 have a good chance of winning the game. I figured it would be high scoring. I almost took the over, but I I laid off of that. But it's just it. it I, I just think there's a lack of respect for the Raiders. I kept thinking it was something to do with there was some injury that I was missing, and that was going to pose problems. And so I I did a deep dive on this because I had all day to look at it. I was like. Man, like my first instinct on on the on the kickoff show yesterday was to take this game, but I ended up backing off of it, and I and uh, I ended up getting my pick wrong. But I really, really thought that the Raiders actually had a chance to actually win the damn game. Anyways, they did cover the spread, so that's the good news for me. The bad news for you is they dropped to six and four. And looking at at that game, first of all, let's let's go ahead and get that game out of the way. What's the biggest issue in that loss that concerns you as a Raider fan going forward? I think it's the same thing that I complain about when we lose or we don't play well. It's still that defensive backfield, that touchdown at the end of when they they got the winning score. If you they score, and if you look at the defensive backfield, they're all yelling at each other again. It's like, you were supposed to have them. You were supposed to have them. And it's the same thing. You see Arnett yelling at Trayvon Mullen last night. You know, why didn't you cover? Why didn't you cover? They're all yelling at each other. So that's something that still concerns me, you know, going I mean, forward. What I saw at the end of the game was the safety Adams came up to try to stop Mahomes from rushing. When Mahomes got free, right. he came up, and when he came up, that's what freed up Kelsey. Now whether now whether or not someone should have been on Kelsey, anyways, that's another story. But and that's what and that's what concerns me is just the fact that they're they're fighting over it right after the touchdown. They're all yelling at each other, which just shows a lack of cohesion. And going forward, that's something that that concerns me. 
Outside well, of that, somebody like in in a jersey, not a coach, someone in a jersey has to become a leader and yeah. say, look, we've got to eat it, but don't look like a bunch of clowns out there finger pointing, right? Exactly. Get on the sideline. We'll exactly. look at the tape. We you, Nobody's perfect. And for us to, to get better and better and better, we have to work as a team. We're not going to do us any any good working against each other. Now the offense exactly. looked uh, the offense looked great. I thought uh Derek Carr held his own. I know that last interception was goofy, but man, they they were going to have to try to take a shot. In fact, I even liked what he did when he threw the interception. You notice at the end of the game, he he was at the at the end of the play, he was walking over to the sidelines. They got the ball back with 23 seconds left. Had to go the length of the field. They were going to have to score a touchdown, not a field goal. They're going to score a touchdown. And they had no timeouts. No. And so the first play, he chucks it deep and it gets picked off. And he looked over. I don't know if he was looking at Gruden, but he was looking at someone on the offensive staff. He just kind of threw his arms up, like, "I, I had to take take a chance, man. We were because you're not going you're you're not going to nibble your way down the field. You're just not going to do it." No. I actually I think it might have been twenty eight seconds, but the point is, he was going to have to get one big chunk, and you know. I would have probably said this. I probably would have went for the chunk over the middle and then rush up and spike it. And then you might give yourself a chance for maybe two more plays. But regardless, it it, it was going to take a Herculean effort to, to, to get that win. Uh, but outside of that, I thought he played a, an incredible game. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. But um, you have... Well, first of all, the finished with two hundred seventy yards, two hundred seventy-five yards passing. Excuse me, uh, three touchdowns. Had the one interception. I don't count interceptions like that. When it's at the end of the game like that, to me, that's like when someone throws a hail mary at the end of the half. It's like okay, whatever. Yeah. It's technically a pick, but you're you you were forced into it. Um, if it stands, by the way, well, I'll get into that in the fantasy football. The, the, Something happened last night in one of my leagues that I was like, I woke up this morning <laughs> going, you, you know what's cool that I, that I did not realize on the fantasy football app in Yahoo? Once again, they're just so much better than, than, than ESPN. You can now look at when you pull up, your, pull up your box score inside the individual score, there's something on the app that says, I want to make sure um, what it says here. It's... I was looking at it this morning. I was like, I have never noticed this before. I know I should wait till the fantasy segment, but here we go. Live updates. So if you if you go to your score matchup and then you go to live updates, the live updates tells you when you went up and when you went down. And I I never yeah, noticed it before. It goes the entire game. It's it's like a box score. Yeah. And it actually, it, what it also updates you is this, which is pretty interesting. It'll update you overnight if if there was a uh, a score change. So we'll get into that here in a minute. But um, all in all, I think the Raiders are a good team. I think they've got a very good chance of making the playoffs. If it gets expanded to eight, I think it's a slam dunk they get in. Yeah. Now it's going to be a little hairy because if you look at the the overall. Um, standings 
in the AFC. Other games, of course, that that went down yesterday that uh, there was of interest. Titans and Colts both won, and the Browns. So three teams that the Ravens, Raiders, and Dolphins are all chasing got a leg up on them. Yep. You've got three teams at six and four, three teams at seven and three, or four teams at seven and three, excuse me. And then the Chiefs and Steelers can go ahead and punch their ticket. They're going to be in the playoffs. There's no catching them. Yeah. What I'm looking at this is there's going to be interesting matchups down the stretch, but going into this weekend, Tennessee plays the Colts. Cleveland plays Jacksonville. That's a game, by the way, that's the type of game that Jacksonville could get. I keep waiting for Jacksonville to pull off another upset. Cleveland could be one of those games which would be devastating for the Browns because from a wild card perspective, you really need to get your AFC W's. Uh, Miami plays the Jets. Kansas City's at Tampa Bay. Baltimore's at Pittsburgh. Vegas is at, is at Atlanta. And then the Chargers uh, go into Buffalo. I don't think any of those games are necessarily gimmies. Even Miami and the Jets. It's in New York. The Jets usually play Miami very well. It's a it's a big rivalry. And if you have Flacco playing quarterback, he will be serviceable. So that could be an interesting game. But looking at it going forward down the stretch, I think one of the biggest things well, okay. First of all, if you look at the AFC East, Buffalo and Miami play the last game of the season. That could be for all the marbles. Those two could be playing not only for a division crown, the loser might be out. Buffalo gets the Chargers this week, then they're at the 49ers, then they get the Steelers, they're at the Broncos and at the Patriots. That's not an easy stretch. They could have a couple of losses going into that game against Miami. I'm starting to wonder if if six losses is going to get you in the playoffs. Ten wins. 10, 10 and six. I I don't know now. Yeah, I would have thought for sure with them yeah. expanding the play, but the problem is the AFC is 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 a have and have not situation. Of course, the Indianapolis Tennessee game that's for all the marbles this weekend. Whoever wins that gets if if the Colts win they get a huge leg up because they'll be one game in front in the win column. I mean in the loss column, but they'll also have the tiebreaker on them winning the first game. So if Tennessee loses that, Tennessee can essentially give up on the division and have to focus on the wild card. Uh, we talked. <laughs> Go ahead. I was, just, I was just saying with the Titans, not after the way they played yesterday. Titans, that game yesterday, to me, that was a statement game for your team. So the Titans, that's the some of the best football I've ever seen them play in years. Okay, the but they, okay, they, they got to do it against the Colts. I think they can after watching, even though the Colts beat uh, the Packers, after watching both those games, the Titans have every ability to do the same thing. They grind it. All they have to do is do what they did to Baltimore's defense. Grind it to the ground like they did. Jam it down that defense's throat. Just keep pounding that ball. I'm telling you, the Colts will quit. Just like 
Well, the Ravens defense quit. And the Colts defense, I don't think, is as tough as the Ravens defense. I, they're a good defense, but I think if you put in this, a, lot of this, a lot of the same things, I think you can beat the Colts. are very beatable. You've just got to make that defense submit, and then you've got them. Yeah, I look, the biggest thing with the Colts is I think the way to beat the Colts is on the other side of the ball. You've got to force Phillip Rivers into dumb decisions. He'll still do it. But what got the Colts rolling yesterday was they got that running game going with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor looks like it might be what we, I mean, where the hell has this been all year? That's all I'm saying. I drafted in some leagues and had to give up on it because I'm like, Christ, I can't, I can't keep up with this. I can't continue with a guy who's going out there and getting three touches a game. He, he he had an incredible game yesterday. He carried them in the third quarter. Yeah. But will they stay committed to him? It's the problem with Frank Reich, man. He's all over the damn board. But I think that's – I think the Colts' defense is a known commodity. It's a tough defense. It's going to be difficult to move the ball on them. But will the Colts – on the offensive side of the ball, will they, I don't know if exert, exert dominance may not be the right term, but basically what I'm trying to say is when they get the ball, have a, have a clear identity on what you're going to do with it. I don't think they get the ball in Michael Pittman's hand enough. You know, he, he, he had the long uh, touchdown catch yesterday. But I don't think they put the ball in his hands enough. I don't think that... Look, at this point, T.Y. Hilton should be basically a decoy. And he's a good, solid veteran receiver, but he's not the long threat that he used to be. No. If you can force Philip Rivers into decision make, tough decision-making down the stretch, he's going to make some mistakes. That's just who he is. He's always been the gunslinger. He doesn't make like necessarily dumb mistakes, but he always he always overrates his arm. He thinks he can get that ball in there, and you're like, oh, I don't know if you should have thrown that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if Elway should have thrown that ball. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll throw some dandies in there. You're like, oh, my God. And sometimes it works out, and other times you're like, oh, what the hell have we done? But he's got them. Look, he's got them in position. They're going to be at home against the Titans this coming Sunday. You will not be able to get me to answer the phone. I'm going to be locked into that game. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do because I'm, I'm going to get screwed again, not being able to watch the damn game. Um, I think I might actually have to go hide up at a freaking sports bar or something. I, I've got to see this game. I cannot sit through another. I can't sit through another damn four quarters of the Jacksonville Jaguars on one TV and the red zone on the other, and I see like maybe 15 of the Titans plays. You always drive me nuts about that yesterday on the red zone. So, so we stayed at home. We didn't go to the party. I don't know if you did or not, but we didn't go to the watching party because with Thanksgiving coming up and our parents being bugged out about COVID, we're trying to do the responsible thing and not be around a bunch of people, right? going up to Thanksgiving so we could legitimately look them in the eye and not be lying and say we have not been around anybody, right? But anyways, 
I mean, hell, I think my wife's seen her parents once since this whole thing has just broken out. Tw twice, technically, she's like she briefly met him in a parking lot to give him something uh, that that they needed, but one actual little visit, right, to their house in eight or nine months. And to put that in perspective, my wife talks to her mother every single day. She'll ask me all the time, have you talked to your mom? I'm like, about what? Like, what am I supposed to be talking to her about? <laughs> me and my mom talk about, I'd say, I'd say every 10 to 14 days, right? So maybe sometimes every once a week. But, but we've never been a family that's just like on top of each other. Her, they're on top of each other. So they have not seen each other. And so she's looking very much forward to going and hanging out. They're going to do outside social distancing, da-da-da-da-da. Um, but that's why we weren't there. So I'm watching this and I'm like, man, I cannot sit through another damn weekend of this crap where I have to watch this terrible Jaguar team get the living crap beat out of them. And then they don't flip over to another game. They just don't do it. The only other thing I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to see if I can pull the okie doke on my computer and trick it with the VPN. If I can figure that out, then I'll, then I'll, I'll stay at home to watch. But if not, I'm going to head to some. I'm going to head to some sports bar or something because I can't do this anymore. I'm done with it. And the red zone does not enth enthrall me the way it does other people that we know. You know other people that we know that can just sit there and watch the red zone and just uh, get – I know. Yeah. So I'm not going to call these individuals out on air because a lot of them are on the show. And, look, you're into what you're into. I get that. But I like to watch a football game. Yeah. I like the red zone to be a secondary thing. Oh, that's cool. That guy could just score. Okay, let's get back to watching the real thing. So if I'm watching a football game by myself at the house, I've got, like yesterday, the late game, Packers-Colts. I had the volume in my main television on that. The red zone was off to the side, and I kept looking over there to see if something was going on, right? But I like to get into the drama of an actual good game. I don't want to sit here and just see. It's it's like watching a video game. It's like okay, whatever. You're constantly. But what was driving me off, driving me mad and pissing me off, is that they kept moving away from the Tennessee Ravens games, even when both of them were threatening to go to like dumb crap, like the freaking Patriots Texans. Like, what the hell does that got to do with the grand scheme of the playoffs? We have to keep watching this junk. Oh, well, fantasy football. You're trying to tell me that many people started Cam Newton? Hell no. I can pull up the stats and tell you they didn't start him. Anyways, <laughs> back back to the to the issue at hand. If there's only seven and they navigate it through, I still think they're going to get up with eight. There's going to be a COVID outbreak and they're going to. It's going to be in eight teams. But if there's only seven, two of the was it seven teams are not going to make it in between the Bills, right. Colts, Titans, Browns, Raiders, Ravens, and Dolphins. Two of them. Your guess, heart of hearts, what are the two teams that don't make them and why? Two teams are I don't think will make it are Browns and the Dolphins. Why? Because for the Raiders, they've already beaten the Browns, and I think they can beat the Dolphins because they play head to head, and I think that head to head record 
will uh, break a tie between the three of them. The Raiders go in, and the other two, and the other two get uh, the other two are out. Because I think the Browns are going to drop at least one or two more games, and the Dolphins. I don't know which Dolphins between the two of them. So I think they'll at least drop two more, and in head-to-head play against the Raiders, they both have lost. The Raiders go in, and the other two are out. See, now, if I don't look at the schedule, the first team that jumps off at me that I think is might be the biggest fraud of all the teams that we just mentioned is the Baltimore Ravens. Because I think the book is out on them. And I don't know why it took so long for Tennessee to start moving the ball and, and getting their head out of their ass. But that's just, I, I can't explain it, y'all, but that's Titans football. It's been like that for the entire time since Vrabel's been there. He's all about physical football, and he wants to wear you down. And those th- two to three yards r- runs in the first and second quarter turn into chunk plays by Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter. But then I just clicked on the Ravens' schedule. I've, I've got to put the Ravens in. They're going to play the Steelers this weekend. That that might be a loss. It's in Pittsburgh, but they're not, they don't have fans, so what the hell does that matter? By the way, speaking of that, no fans and all that junk, they were allowing the Colts to, to uh, pump in some kind of a drumbeat when the uh, – Packers had the ball. It was either that or they had someone with a really big bass drum sitting in in the stands. Regardless, that crap should be eliminated. (coughs) That's some high school hairy junk. That's Mississippi State with their stupid cowbell. If If you cannot regenerate the noise from your fans without instruments, you shouldn't be able to do it. Because then what? You give everyone like a air horn? And then you just have a thousand air, or, you know, several thousand air horns going off? Whatever the hell that was, I kept hearing it. I was like, I don't, I cannot believe Green Bay's not raising hell about this. I don't know if it was being pumped in through their system or if it was one jackass or a couple of jackasses banging a drum, but you could hear it. If you go back and, and listen to the replay or watch the replay, I'm sure they'll have it on NFL Network today or tomorrow. Go back and listen. I specifically remember it was like in the third quarter. It was like boom, 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 boom. It's like, what the hell are we doing? Come on. This is this, this used to always be an outlaw. No, 2020, we'll just let anything happen. Oh, you can't blame them. It's the, it's it's the paper cutouts they're doing. It. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, well, what I was saying is, I was originally going to say Baltimore, but now I look at their schedule. If they get past the Steelers, are you ready for the rest of their schedule? No, I haven't. Tell me. They're at home against the Cowboys the following week. At the Browns, at home against the Jags, at home against the Giants, and at the Bengals. No, that's they might rattle off if they get past Pittsburgh, they might rattle off six in a row to end the season at twelve and four. They're not gonna win the division because the Steelers are not gonna win lose four games. No. But I think I have to put Baltimore in now. So that ended my love affair with saying Baltimore was going to be out. I agree with you, the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to be the ones 
that are going to be left out. Now, obviously, that game against the Raiders, which is Week 16, is going to be huge. It's going to be enormous. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't see the Dolphins going in to Vegas and beating the Raiders. Not 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 what I've seen the last few weeks. No, especially what I didn't see yesterday. Tua is not going to outduel Derek Carr and company. Yeah, that was um, proven last week. The the Raiders are strangely becoming one of my favorite teams to pull for. I don't know if it's because we we do this segment every Sunday. I mean Monday, but I'm starting to really get into watching the Raiders. Uh, I just. I'm still not a fan of Chucky, but I, I like the players on the Raiders, and they they were fun to watch. I I mean, I was convinced that they were going to win that game, but stupid Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> I look at the the Dolphins; they've got a fairly decent schedule down the stretch. I mean, they play the Jets and then the Bengals, and then they'll probably lose the Chiefs and the Raiders, but they. I think a lot will have to do, do, are the Bills playing for anything in Week 17? So if they are, then I could see three losses on the Dolphins. So I'll just say for argument's sake, the Dolphins will will be playing for, uh, that the Bills will be playing for something. So I go to the Colts, and we talked about this earlier, but they've got a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. They're going to get get past the Titans game, and they might win it and they'll have a two-game lead, essentially. But then they're going to go to the Texans at the Raiders. That's, that's two back-to-back road games that I think they could lose both of them. I definitely think they'll lose to the Raiders. I don't see how they're going. So they're going to play the Texans, Raiders, and Texans. I don't know how they win two of those games. I think they mm-hmm. lose two of those games. So even if the Titans lose this weekend, they, we might be back to the same old, same old by the time we get to the end of the Texans series because te- at Texans, at Raiders, at home against Texans, and if they get past that, oh, by the way, they go to the Steelers in Week 16. Are the Steelers playing for anything in Week 16? Who knows, but I can't imagine that they're benching anyone until you get to 17. Week 17, they host the Jaguars. The Colts host the Jaguars. That team mm-hmm. beat them at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So sometimes teams, ha- you know, have your number in a given year. We'll we'll see with that. But the Colts concern me. I think right now, if I was to pick my heart of hearts, I've got to go with the Colts and the Dolphins not making the playoffs. I think the Browns are going to find their way in. I definitely think huh. the Raiders are there. I think Tennessee. Though, though this game scares me coming up. By the way, if Tennessee goes and beats the Colts this weekend, it helps a lot of people down the stretch because Tennessee's got a favorable schedule down the stretch. They're going to get some W's. So if you're trying to catch a wild card situation, I would say as a neutral observer, you probably want to pull for Tennessee this weekend because Tennessee, after that game, they're at home against the Browns. I do think they get that W. They play the Jags, the Lions, the Texans, and they do have a game against the Packers. But that's they should win four or five of those games. Yeah. The last the last five games of the season, they should win at least four, if not five. So if they end up twelve and four, eleven and five, I think eleven and five might be worst case scenario. Uh they're definitely in the playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. Like if you're if you're a if you're not a fan of either team and you're chasing 
the Colts and the Titans, your better chances for the Colts to lose, and then they hit that murderer's row and get three or four more losses, and then they're just out of the playoff picture. Um, yep. Tennessee, if if the if the Titans lose, you might get both of those teams in the playoffs. Let's go ahead and take a really quick break. When we come back, it's time to complain about our fantasy football team. We're going to do studs and duds here in a second. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterback. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on a Monday morning. We'll be back in just a second. If I can find the button, there she is. You come at the king, you best not miss. ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. And back pedaling Lawrence flips it open, wide open. Justin Ross off and running. The Alabama native wins the foot race. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Wow, gut punch by Clemson right there. Akers breaks free. Cam Akers in the clear foot race. Finally spin him down at the five. The electric play the nose needed. He wants another deep shot. Drops it in. At the goal line. That's a Kane's touchdown. He pitches it to Cersei. Cersei lunges into the end zone. And the Yellow Jackets score again. Armchair Quarterback Radio is ACC country. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. We are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms. They buy and sell used guns. Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. You're riding morning shotgun with the armchair quarterbacks. We're here weekdays on WAOC 96.5 FM, 14:20 a.m., and streaming on the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. Make sure to listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Prime time, drive time. Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook Live and make sure to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app. Google Android. Apple iPhone. Good enough for us down here in the Bible. Go Tigers and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Fergus, wait a minute. Uh, do you think you can get me a tape of the show? What on earth for? Well, how often do you get to hear your song on the radio? I'm on the radio every day! Hello, my friends. The time is here. It's the very best of all times of the year It's the reason I'm cheesing and feeling so fine It's fantasy football time Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks Fantasy football time here on a Monday morning As we start to complain about our duds and studs Uh, 
All right, so let's go ahead and get into this. Um, made a, I made a list of some studs uh, for for folks that had him out there. Watson, he went the hell off. Uh, that did not shock me at all. You know, Deshaun Watson to me is just money. I really kind of wish I'd pulled the trigger on her trade in a in a dynasty league, my ESPN dynasty league. Um, few weeks back I was on the fence because of my running back situation and so I didn't do it but I think it would have made more my team more formidable I decided to go down the stretch with Justin Herbert and I, 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 I still think I got a decent chance at that but with all that being said Deshaun Watson I mean he just had I mean he had himself a game obviously Patrick Mahomes we know he had a game but looking at this week in particularly, um, see, Mahomes didn't quite hit the 300 mark, so you hate that, but he did get uh, what? Let's see. Oh, I've got projected. Here we go. Sorry. We get the actual scoring of them. Watson, 344, two touchdowns. Herbert, 366 and three touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, 314 and three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, 311 and three touchdowns. Mahomes had 348 and two touchdowns. But he was actually outscored by uh, Phillip Rivers, who had 288 and three touchdowns. Who who are your studs for the week? Uh, Well, you mentioned something because I got Herbert in one league. He was one of my big – I actually – uh, you took both of mine. I had Sean Watson in one league, and I had, um, let me see, in our reggae league, I had Herbert at 36. So those were same thing for me. They were two of my big ones. Um, what about your running backs? Running back-wise, well, I had, um, um, oh, mentioned somebody else who I didn't think they would have a decent day. But uh, Michael Thomas showed signs of life yesterday with New Orleans. Granted, it wasn't huge points, but at least it was signs of life. What about running backs? All the injuries. Uh, running backs. I'm assuming, well, I'll go ahead and uh, since I am prepared and you are not. Uh, well, <laughs> Dalvin Cook had 115 and a touchdown. Derrick Henry, 133 and a touchdown. Zeke, he, he, he is... Uh, Actually, still alive and kicking, 103 yards. Um, believe, see, what did he do in the receiving game? Because he did get a touchdown receiving. It was just 11 yards, but he did get a touchdown. Hilaire had, had a decent game. We'll get into that in one second. Uh, 69 yards and two touchdowns. You you were talking about um, your wide receiver, Michael Thomas. See where where did he finish with? He ended up okay. He was he was top ten in, in points this week. Not bad. One hundred four yards. Did he get in the end zone? Did not know. I he, thought he had. No, he did not. No, but he no. but he did uh, have one hundred four yards, and um, I kind of figured that would come back to the pack because Michael Thomas actually benefits from it being Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston. Michael yes. Michael Thomas 
is a yak guy. He runs over the middle. He he will take a seven eight yard gain and turn it into fifteen to twenty. Jameis Winston likes his deep strikes, and mm-hmm. anyways, going forward, looks like it'll be Taysom Hill until Drew Brees comes back. There's I think best case scenario is Drew Brees getting back week fifteen. I do not buy this three week junk. Eleven fractured ribs. You don't come back from that that quickly. No. You know, he's going to want to try to do it, but if they keep putting up W's with Taysom Hill, there's no reason to rush him back. Adam Thielen, of course, he went off. He had, uh, see, yards-wise, he had 123, three, no, sorry, two touchdowns. Bird from New England, 132 and a touchdown. 145 yards for Keenan Allen and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, 102 and a touch. And Devontae Adams doing Devontae Adams things, 106 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, I finally gave up on David Moore in one of my leagues that I had to drop him because I. this is a very, very deep, well, shallow rosters but deep league, and I've built a very good team in one of my ESPN leagues. But you only have a five- or six-man bench, and I had to make a decision yesterday. Do I drop DJ Moore of Carolina to pick up a defensive stream because I have the Bears? Or do I drop the Bears and then hope to high heaven, which I was going to be down at the bottom. This isn't a fab budget league. So I was going to be down at the bottom of streaming. And I'm like, "Ah, I don't really want to give up the Bears this close to the playoffs. So I dropped more. I'm going to regret it because now everyone's going to jump on him. But whatever, I had to to do what I had to do because I'm fighting for for my playoff life. I had a really bad few weeks. I I, I, I faced the most points in that league by, by a long stretch. And so I'm in the playoff hunt. But I've scored the most points. The point is, I'm like I would think I was at six and four going into yesterday. I needed that W to stay playoff current. I think it looks like I'm going to get the win on that. But um, with all that being said, I hated losing DJ Moore as a, but he's a backup. I mean, I can't, I can't get that bent out of shape about it. I'm trying to find which which league it is, but uh, he. Um, Uh, I'm in so many leagues, I have a hard time remembering which one it was. But I had to pick up the league. This wasn't for the Dolphins. I'll find it in a minute. But anyways, uh, did you have any uh, duds? What duds are you pissed about? Uh, Todd Gurley, three points against New Orleans yesterday. That was a that was a real sour note. You know? That was- I... J- <laughs> I don't get the love for Todd Gurley. Um, yesterday, what was the... I don't remember who it was. It was someone in Todd Gurley, and the other two guys picked Gurley. I picked the other guy, and whoever the other guy was had a much better day. I just... When he was drafted, going going fairly high in the drafts, I'm like, man, I feel like he's at the end of his rope. And then the Falcons could not move the ball yesterday. That surprised me. When they play the Saints, it's usually a very, very high-scoring game. They could not move the ball. Yeah, they. I don't think they got it past the 
the New Orleans 30-yard line just once in the entire game. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just horrible to watch. And Gurley had been, you know, he's not a, granted, he's not a top-tier running back anymore, but he has scored nine, at least one touchdown in the last nine games. He's put up decent numbers. I mean, decent numbers, not big numbers, but just enough, you know, just to justify having them on your team. But yesterday made you regret ever drafting him or having on your team at all. It was just... It brought a tear to your eye watching somebody get stomped like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, fa- I found the team that I had to that I had to drop DJ Moore in. So check it out. This team at one point was 0-4. But yet I've, I've, I've had the most points scored. I was just furious with this team. I'm now about to be 7-4. and four. I've rattled off seven wins in a row. Beat Team Berman. I don't, I, I don't know if that's an omen to uh, Chris Berman, but beat this team down. I mean, this team is trash. Wouldn't that be something if that is actually uh, Chris Berman? Um, but I'm now seven and four and leading my division. I'm here. I'm, I'm barely clinging on. So I had to drop them, but the rest of my team, I mean, look, my, the rest of my receivers, I have Johnson, Jefferson, Claypool, uh, Cooper cup. And I just, I, I refuse to give up on, on Amari Cooper, which by the way, yesterday, what did he end up with? He, he ended up with 14 points in, in ESPN standard league. So, I mean, he, he had a decent game. Um, 83 yards. He did not get a touchdown, but this is a full PPR, so so he had uh, six catches. I just I refuse to give up on Amari Cooper. I'll give up on DJ Moore for. And like all my bench running back, I, I've got, I've got uh, James Robinson. I've got Johnny Smith as my tight end. I can't drop him as my backup tight end because I picked up Taysom Hill as my tight yeah. end and because ESPN's got this goofy thing where he where he can play tight end. So I'm going to ride that as long as I can, but there, there's going to come a point in the fantasy playoffs where Drew Brees is going to come back by like week 15 or week 16. You'll be right in the middle of the playoffs. I can't let someone else get Johnny Smith. I just can't do yeah. it. So he 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 leads the league for touchdowns and 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 tight ends. I think he caught his eighth eighth of the of the year last uh, yesterday. You know, if you can if you can average double digits with your tight end, I'm all for it. So, anyways, that that's that's my conundrum. And it was either that or to drop Josh Allen. Well, I don't want to do that. No. Roethlisberger is my other quarterback. If Allen hadn't have been on a buy, I wouldn't have minded dropping Roethlisberger and, ki- and keeping DJ Moore. But I had, anyways, that was the conundrum that I was painted into, and it was it really came down to do I drop Moore, Cup, or Cooper? I was not dropping Cup, and I just man Cooper Cup in a um I know that's confusing Amari Cooper I was not going to drop, and then Cooper Cup I would just could not drop him in a PPR league. That guy might only get 60 yards receiving, but he's going to get like seven catches. 
So he's yeah. he's like money for for double digits every single week. So I, I just there's no way I can can bench him or, or drop him. So anyways, that was the story of that. So here's what went down in our league that I was gonna. Uh, this is the uh, this is the host league. I'm still waiting for oh, something. Yes. I'm still waiting for something to get reversed. So I beat Steven's team by point zero six points. I saw that. At Sunday night, I had Hilaire and he had Hill. I had about a five point lead and I look like to be cruising on easy street. I'm looking at it on the app and then uh, Tyree kill makes like one catch for like, I don't know, 10, 11 yards. I see his score go shooting up. What the hell is that? Well, it put him over the hundred yard mark. So so it was the catch and it put him over the 100 yard mark. So at that point I was clinging on to, to uh, dear life, thankfully they scored short. They scored shortly after that to Travis Kelsey, or I would have been toast. But yeah, I, I found this interesting because th- this is what I was referring to when I said that you can pull up the app and you can look at you know this and that and that and this. I looked at the score this morning. I was like, well, have they not done adjustments? Have I- so I went to bed and I was leading. And then I guess at some point last night after the ball game, they uh, corrected that. And now, now I can't find the damn thing. Here we go, live updates. So I look at it in late last night, shortly after the ball game, I took a dip because my points went backwards. I believe it was either that or, or, or he was given credit for, Oh no, he, he took the lead because Washington was, was, uh, credited with, 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 uh, tackles for loss. Tyree kill was given credit for a first down. And then I guess, in the middle of the night when it transitioned over, they did another mm-hmm. recount, so to speak. So this is the gear of the recount, right? <laughs> I took the lead back again, getting 0.6 points for a uh, tackle for loss that they had not counted for. Yep. So I went to bed leading. I had no idea that shortly after the game, they actually made me the loser. And then overnight, I went back to – deleting again because i see here where it says essentially around one or two o'clock in the morning it says you took the lead and i was like wait a minute i thought i had the lead you took the lead and so as of right now unless something else comes in screwy uh, i'm gonna get that win and that's big because in that league which set well, my team's okay but it's nothing right home about in that league um i'm just trying to make the damn playoffs and if we can eliminate DJ Chark, James's team, first of all, 
he's going to lose, and he deserves to lose this week <laughs> to Michael. If you look at the matchup there, this guy yeah. has Devontae Freeman, who's on the IR in his starting lineup, which means he's been in his lineup for a few weeks, right? Yeah. He didn't just slide him in there. And he had uh, San Francisco's defense, defense in. Yeah. On, on a bye. Uh-huh. And let me see what the bench players could have been. Um, he has New Orleans defense. He has New Orleans sitting defense sitting on his freaking bench and then any running back. Any running back he would have put in would have. Well, I guess Le'Veon Bell was his only option. The, the rest were on buys. Which still would have given you 50 points in the win. Right. Yeah. He he deserves to get the get the L. But I still think that'll put him at number six and he'll still find a way into the playoffs because I think we have six teams making the playoffs in this one. So he'll find a way. Uh Carr He's gonna lose to Rocky Top, which Rocky yeah. Rocky Top only has one win in this league. Uh Justin. So he, Carr is still gonna be fighting for I guess it really comes down to can Steven Trosh, who's he's seventh in this league, he arguably has yeah, he's got the worst team. He's scored the least amount of points. Twelve ninety. Yeah. Twelve ninety, yeah. He scored the least amount of points in this freaking league. And he's trying to tell me every Every Sunday, all this freaking fantasy football knowledge. What the hell's going on here? Um, but Rocky Top, his team actually scores decently. I mean, he, 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 in theory, he should be in the, the hunt, but he has by far gone up against the most points scored, him and Carr. They're up around 1,600 points, and, like, you know, conversely, I've faced about 1,300, and you faced about 1,400 points. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, it's going to come down to Rocky Top gets the W at 2 and 9. If Chark loses to four and set, uh, to, to 3 and 8, and then Carr falls down to 4 and 7, Rocky Top's got an outside chance of, of coming in and make the playoffs. It's not... Much of a chance, but he's got an outside chance. We've only got two yeah. weeks left in the regular season. Rocky Top plays Crimea Rivers next. That's not going to turn out well. Um, <laughs> and who he who's he played? He plays you in the last week. So he, he he's yeah. got, he, he's got to face the two best teams in the league. That's not going to happen. He he's, he's not going to rattle off wins. But the other two, Car play. Oh, Car, oh, there you go. Week 12 is a showdown between Carr and uh, Steven. That probably will essentially decide it. If mm -hmm. Carr's 4-7 and seven and Steven's 3-8, and eight, if Carr gets that win, he should make the playoffs. If he loses, it gets a lot hairier. Um, yeah. And then... Oof. Uh, Steven has to hope... Crimea Rivers falls asleep at the wheel in the last week of the season because that's who he plays, and Carr will play uh, Michael for the final week. So 
I think getting that win is going to put me in the playoffs now. I was a little concerned, but but now that I see how it's going to play out. But I really wish James's team would get knocked out because if he's going to have freaking Bobos out there. Yeah. Doug, you play James this week. I play him the next week. Let's do our damn just to knock his ass out. I shall. That's my point. Oh, yeah. And I agree with you there. It should. I mean, if you're not going to start, it's just, if you're not going to start players, it's asinine. Mm-hmm. I think Steven will win, find, find a way to make it in the playoffs. Because I think I think you and I will beat um, genius team. Isn't isn't that ironic? James is yeah. a dumbass team that has guys on buys sitting, sitting there in his lineup. Um, so, yeah, there you go from that. I, I know that bored the hell out of everyone. Let's talk about our fantasy football leagues, but that's what we do this time on Mondays. Um, I strangely, in my 28 leagues, I looked at this yesterday. Oh, I, I got to double check on the ESPN one. There's one on ESPN that I don't know how that f- went down. Um, yeah, I am going to win. This is the first time it's happened for me all year long. It looks like I'm going to win every single game this week. Yeah, better chance of winning the lottery than doing that. But in a lot of ESPN leagues that Honest Engine I didn't pay attention to the first three or four weeks of the season, I just kind of – I would start my 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 best roster, but I was not aggressive on the waiver wire. Around week mm-hmm. five, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to get serious about it. So I started paying more attention to the waiver wire in the ESPN leagues. I was doing it in the Yahoo leagues. But, I mean, I, I have two IDs in the Yahoo leagues, so i got to click in and out of that crap, which is a pain in the ass. Um but anyways, playing much, much better in the ESPN leagues. And this garbage-ass trade. So I got into it with the freaking uh, league commissioner, and I just let him go after he, uh, he deleted the freaking chat. He absolutely deleted the chat. I knew he would. Uh, that's chicken bleep. But anyways... Um, I'm going to sh- tell you what happened here in this trade. I, I just have to find the trade. It was a total garbage trade. And here we go. This is the league commissioner who's out of the race. But somehow he talked this guy into giving him Christian McCaffrey and he gave up just Darren Waller and Ronald Jones a second. What? Yeah. And so I immediately, I saw it, you know, cause you can vote against it, but I, the thing is, I think everyone's asleep at the wheel cause it wasn't a money league this year. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they're paying attention. So I voted against it, but I, I I'm probably the only person who paid attention to the damn thing. I just said, so I changed my league name, my my team name to the CMC trade is trash. And he got his panties in a wad and tried tried to point out a a trade that I had made earlier a couple of weeks ago in the same league of, I traded, it was a one-for-one trade. I traded uh, Aaron Jones for Lamar Jackson. And his argument was 
that that was as bad of a trade because Aaron Jones in 2018 was uh, dropped and picked up a couple times. Because I guess he did a deep dive. He really wanted to get be right on this. Yeah. I, I looked at it. I didn't even respond to it. because My first thing is, bro, you're talking about two years ago, Aaron Jones's second year in the freaking league. And he, yeah. he wasn't the starter at the time. Jamal Williams was the starter. And you're trying to sit here and tell me that, that that's comparable? Because I don't give a damn what was going on two, three years ago. It's what's going on in 2020. Christian McCaffrey's the best player in fantasy football, and it's not even close when he's healthy. Yeah. Ronald Jones II is a scrub. He's at best a flex play. And he's not even that. He's a questionable flex play. Darren Waller's one of the top tight ends, but that's not worth the best damn player in in all the sport. Yeah. So this guy, I'm sorry, but for the health of the league, I just, you know, like whatever. And next year, he's going to want to try to make this a money league again. And when he does, I'm going to laugh in his face. I want to say worse than that. I'm going to laugh in his face and go, now, remember how you didn't want to make this a money league? You want to take away some powers and stuff like that? You're not gaining Christian McCaffrey. And he'll have Saquon Barkley, too. You're not going to have those two guys turn this into a money league. He still sucks. Every year he doesn't make the plus. He'll still find a way not to make the playoffs, which is makes, which makes it even more rich. His team sucks. He sucks at fantasy football. He's just he's just terrible, but he but he thinks he's some guru. But anyways, it's cheating. I'm sorry, it's cheating. When you're the commissioner and you let that go through, yeah. Anyways, my argument to him was, if if there was a living, breathing commissioner in this league, that that trade never goes through. You do what's best for the league. You don't do what's best for your team in 2021, and so that's what. So, anyways, that set me off. That I mean, that really set me off. I was like, man, I, I take great pride in that every league that I've always been been a commissioner in, I won't accept a crap trade from someone, even if I'm going to take like a big gain in it, because it's going to ruin the league. You're going to lose interest in the league. People are going to get pissed off. They're going to quit playing. And that's why there's certain people that from time to time, I wonder if, if it's, if it's good having them in the league because they can ruin the damn league from, you know, shifty ass trades, you know, it's just, anyways, mm-hmm. you'll see that more and more. I know you're still fairly new to fantasy football, but the key to fantasy football to keep or fantasy sports to keep it fun is to keep it a healthy competition and not let one team it's not worth you going and getting one team slanted to win one championship so you can sit there and brag about that stupid championship when you're going to ruin when the, because the league will eventually fold. Eventually everyone's going, I don't yeah. want to play with this ass ass munch. You know, I I don't want to do it. Cuz I, yeah. I I know it's going to happen every year. You're going to start losing and you're going to collude with your buddy and you're going to give them all your players and then y'all going to split the you know split the winnings. Yeah. Well, you know, even though I haven't played fantasy that long, that's a lesson I learned on day one. When a, uh, I won't mention the people, but I tried to make a certain trade uh, for Max Scherzer for Mike Fears. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, I do remember it. <laughs> that 
That's, oh. you know, so I learned that from day one. But you were new, and I looked at it as that, and it was a trash trade, but you were new, and I also knew someone else was involved in that, in the, mm-hmm. ma- the manipulation of that. And he and he's the type of person that I would never play in a league if he was the commissioner. Now, he's a good friend, and I ha- enjoy hanging out with him, but I he's always been manipulative and he's always trying to find a way to win. See, I don't want the win unless I actually earned it because there's some pride in that. I don't want to cheat my way to the win because all that really shows is that you're too damn stupid to win without cheating. That's it. That's the way I've always figured it. If you have to cheat to win, you're just too damn stupid to to be able to win without cheating. And so, if so, I I've reversed a couple of my trades in the years past when people felt you know, and and I've argued. I'm like, no, I don't think it's that that lopsided. But it, but if people feel it genuinely becomes too lopsided, I will even reverse it, even if it hurts my team. I'm like, all right, dude. I did one one year. I remember they raised three hundred dollars worth the hell about it. The guy that I made the trade goes, no man, I want this guy. It's not worth getting into the players because it, it was like a decade ago, so it, it doesn't mean anything today. And I was like, man, they they're making such a big stink about it. I, I feel like we, you know, we should reverse it, but I don't want to be the one that comes out and says it because I, I really think you're getting the better end of the trade. I needed this for this week to try to make the playoffs. Okay. So anyways, they ended up raising Kane about it. We reversed it. I ended up winning the championship because I ended up, because the players that I kept in that trade ended up catching fire down the stretch. Yeah. And so that's the kind of junk where I'm like, all right. Sometimes there's people arguing they don't know a damn thing about what, what they're arguing about. Well, I'm just going to throw in at the last second, too, the trade you and I did in um, in our Dynasty Baseball League where you traded. Uh, I gave you Trout for. Um, yeah. You gave me Arenado. But you got Arenado and, and Carrasco. No, but that's. I'm giving an example of where. Trading goes right where it, that's how it's supposed to work. I'm just giving a positive example of how that works. Right, but people cried about that too, and, and and a certain a certain someone we've already mentioned cried and cried, and I tried to tell him it's like I'm looking at it from a an overall. My team isn't that good. Well, yeah, he's well, and that also comes down to where he was hurt because of his lack of knowledge of the sport of baseball. Yeah. Right. So he he knew Mike Trout was really good, and he figured Arenado was good, but he figured Trout was better than Arenado, so he's like, that's a stupid trade. He wasn't taking the fact of how good Carrasco was. Now, how the hell were we supposed to know about a year, year, about a year, year and a half later, Carrasco gets cancer, but he has now bounced back from that. But he and, came back from it. Right. Is he, yeah, still, so, is, is he still on your roster? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. He's on, I wasn't he's sure, but there, yeah. So. But, but the point yeah, is... And- Year after year, Arenado's numbers are usually right there with uh, Trout's numbers. Yeah, they're it's like one A, you know. It's one, usually like one, fifty one points. A, so. it, yeah, it's usually like fifty points over an entire season, which means nothing if you look at it from the grand scheme of things in fantasy baseball. It's like two to three mm-hmm. points a week. That's nothing. Yeah. and that's yeah. and that's made up for it by the pitcher going bananas. Right, yeah, and then Carrasco. Of pitches, of pitches seasonally, which is what I needed with that team the way it was. It's like my team needs pitching. 
you needed a, you needed a big player because you're making a uh, championship run that year. Well, it was also because man, I didn't mind losing that trade because I was a big Trout fan. I said I still am. I, yeah. I I just like playing, watching them play. I I don't have anything against Carrasco or Arenado. I'm just not big fans of them. I'm a, I'm a big yeah. fan of Trout, and, and that was really more of the selfish fan in me. The intelligent thing would have been to stay in Pat. I also had someone good at third base. I don't remember who it was at the time, but I had someone good at third base, so I, I didn't need the third baseman. I needed help in the outfield. But anyways, uh, let's go ahead and turn back time, and then uh, we'll we'll do our walk offs. Let me see what we got going on here. Um, turn back time. If we can get the freaking music rolling here. Here we go. If I could turn back time on this date, if I could find a way, 1904, 116 years ago. The third modern Olympic Games closed in St. Louis, Missouri. They also had the World's Fair there at the, going on at the same time. That was the first Olympic Games ever to be played in the United States. Remember, the, the Olympics had just came back. It was uh, post-Civil War. It was uh, during the Industrial Age. And... The main reason why the Olympic Games became a thing around 1900 was because of travel. People could travel easier going from uh, country to country on, well, it was by ship at that point. Obviously, years later, it would be by air travel. But that was the first Olympic Games ever in the United States, and it was uh, the uh, the third modern Olympics Summer Olympics. Also on this day, just a quick uh, side note, the fourth Iron Bowl was played in 1895 on this date, so 125 years ago. Auburn beat Alabama 48 to nothing. Woo! Can you imagine if that happened today? Alabama getting beat by Auburn? Woo! <laughs> Alabama back in 1895 was not the powerhouse that they are now. They didn't become a powerhouse till, uh it was about uh, 1910-ish. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. What does that mean? I guess I 40 years old today. Day. Mr. Jonathan Papelbaum. Why do I circle this? He's one of my favorite pitchers of all time. Why? Because he choked out. Bryce Harper. <laughs> and I will always be an anti-Harper fan till the day they throw me in the grave, man. Screw Bryce Harper. I still love... I I used to have it on a couple of my fantasy teams as my profile picture. picture of him grabbing Harper and slamming him in the dugout because he didn't run out of... run to a, a third base. Uh, I'm sorry, to first base. I uh, remember... Papel Bond's always been remembered for that. This guy was a six-time All-Star. He won the World Series in 2007 with the Red Sox. He, he was their closer, and he was the Delivery Man of the Year Award, which meant the best closer in 2007. He also, a lot of people won't remember this, he helped pitch a combined no-hitter in 2014. 
So um, on September 1st, 2014. So there you have it. 244 ERA, 800 strikeouts, 368 saves. He won't make the Hall of Fame, but he'll make the Hall of very, very good. I think he should probably be in the Red Sox Hall of Fame just because he was the closer of the year of the 07 championship. I mean, he, he had a run there for the Red Sox like five or six years where he was uh, one of the best closers in baseball. I didn't realize he's been gone. Like his his last season was 2016. I didn't realize it had been that long. So we're going up on uh, five years on that. What's your walk off for the day, sir? Well, with Thanksgiving coming up and the Thanksgiving game with Detroit and um, Houston, my walk off is Mike Patricia. If you call up another dud game like you did this last Sunday, you might not have a job by the end of that game. Man, I didn't catch much of that game because there was other games going on. But, uh, wow, to get shut up by the Panthers, that is that – uh, I, mean, I mean, that is a rough one. You wear that one, and it's like, how the hell do you not score against the Panthers? The Panthers, bottom third of the league in defense – and, and they shut him down. Who would have thought that if you'd have streamed that defense, you'd have been in the money this week? Yeah. I mean, also, who the hell would have thought that PJ Walker would be the one to get D DJ Moore on track? I'm I'm looking here at the box score. I thought maybe something goofy happened, but it didn't. Matt, Matt Stafford was in the entire game. So, so, so yeah. they were shut out. Not only did he go 18 of 33 for 178, which is just garbage. A 23 QBR, by the way. The rushing yeah. game, seven carries for 18 yards for Peterson. Six for 17 for on Johnson. Oof. Oof. That's terrible. I don't think they got beyond their own 30 the entire game. And every single Sunday, Sean tries to talk me into putting a damn Detroit Lion in our freaking lineup. Between oh, no. him and and Steven putting Dolphins in our lineups, I'm like, we can't win. Every If a Dolphin has one game where, like, Salvin Ahmed mm. had one decent game, we had to put him in. On on Saturday on Sunday he was terrible terrible. I'm like y'all don't. By the way, we did our first challenge for people that listen to that show. We did our first uh, quarterback or armchair quarterback uh, DFS challenge. I won, baby! Woo! <laughs> uh, I think Stephen came in second and Sean came in third. But we we're texting the first thing Stephen goes. Well, if this would have happened, that would have happened. I would have won. Yeah, man. Or if if. Well, I won't say the whole thing, but we'd all have a Merry Christmas if a lot of things happen, okay? Yeah. God. <laughs> Anyone could say that. Oh, man, I'd have made out like a bandit yesterday if the Packers didn't keep fumbling. I'd have won that bet. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, my walk-off today is Bucks versus Rams. We didn't get a chance to get into it. Uh, such a busy morning. But uh, we'll definitely talk about it tomorrow. Justin Waller will be back tomorrow morning. We're going to have Stephen Trosha. Matt Carr is going to make an appearance on, on, on the second hour. Um, 
because of no shows this weekend. So uh, we'll be making picks. And then also remember, programming note, no show on Thanksgiving weekend. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're taking the whole week weekend off. So we'll be here tomorrow, and we'll have a hell of a uh, Wednesday. Uh, Doug, great job. We'll see you next Monday, and have a great uh, Thanksgiving, sir. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can bet I'm going to get if you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that.